0: Hey everyone, welcome to Player's Spellbook. This is a podcast all about the magic of Dungeons and & Dragons, and together we're going through the spells in the 5th edition Player's Handbook. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Tim. I feel like I did sort of a dramatic pause there that time, that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we are talking about our first cantrip, not our first cantrip, oh my goodness. Today we are talking <laughs> about the cantrip mage hand.
1: Yeah. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, you can rate us on Spotify if you want. Please, like, just five stars. We don't need anything else. Uh, We're just getting started. (laughs) Please please like us. (laughs) Please like us. Please like our little indie podcast.
0: Oh, goodness. It's like the first day of high school all over again. Please like me.
1: Uh, So a couple
0: episodes ago, I asked
1: you what your best ability score would be and your worst and you mentioned dexterity as your worst, but then a couple episodes before that, you said that you would be a monk class if you were a class. Oh yeah,
0: here we go. This this is where I get revealed to be a complete hypocrite. No,
1: I'm, I'm just trying to consolidate both of those things in my mind, and I wonder if there's like, you're a little bit clumsy, but you can't be have zero dex if you're like...
0: <laughs> it's, if like, you have... it's like drunken style kung fu. It's just like it's all clumsiness that just kind of works together.
1: Well, you said you'd be a monk because you have a black belt. So it's like you can't be
0: zero it's decks true. if you have a black belt. <laughs> <It's>, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's you'd you'd be surprised. <laughs> I think that I would probably not be a very good monk. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not the monk that would make it through the Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> but uh, you know we'd we'd muddle our way through <laughs> i i have a far from optimal stat line but sometimes that makes for a more interesting player character yeah i like the idea of you know i have 16 strength and 14 constitution and 11 dexterity and 6 intelligence and i'm playing a wizard perfect <laughs> and i just i found this spell book i kind of muddled my way through the basics and now i'm off to go adventuring it, it i don't know that'd be kind of fun yeah it's un- you probably wouldn't it would probably maybe get frustrating after a little bit but i think it would be a fun character to try For it. sure you should make that the next uh npc we have to fight well apparently <laughs> that's the kind of npc i'm playing in real life so <laughs> <laughs> just a totally
1: busted character
0: yeah I, I, yeah, I have to go, I have, I have to talk to whoever I need to talk to about re-rolling my stats. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's why we play these games, because we don't have good stats.
0: Mage Hand is a cantrip that I need to pull up on my screen. Mm. Mage Hand is a conjuration <laughs> cantrip with a casting time of one action and a range of 30 feet. It has verbal and somatic components and a duration of one minute. A spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. The hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you or if you cast this spell again. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, stow or retrieve an item from an open container, or pour the contents of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. The hand can't attack, activate magic items, or carry more than 10 pounds. This cantrip is available for the Artificer, Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard classes.
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing everyone needs to remember is that this is not a ghostly skeletal hand like in Chill Touch. This is a spectral no. This is floating. this is a
0: completely different hand. It's spectral and floating, not ghostly. <laughs> and floating hand. Although, if you were to take both chill touch and mage yeah. hand, that's a lot of hands. Uh, you could you could magically high five yourself. I guess.
1: Ooh, that would be kind of fun.
0: Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. yeah well, Tim, you have <laughs> uh, played both a bard and a wizard, so you have some experience with the cantrip. What do you think about mage hand?
1: I mean, this is one of those spills that's, oh, spills. This is a spell that's just ripe for shenanigans, so obviously it's amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I love it. This is one of my favorite cantrips. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, as big as your imagination is, basically, within 30 feet, of course. Your imagination cannot extend feet, yes. outside of thirty feet. <laughs> your imagination
0: <laughs> cannot exceed thirty feet, but so long as you can contain your imagination <laughs> to within thirty feet, yeah, this is this is all kinds of fun and useful. Yeah, it. Um, it's just, I,
1: it's it's almost hard to think about specific situations because it's like there's just so many things you can do with it.
0: Yeah, I mean this this cantrip is is so good and so fun that they designed an entire subclass around it in the arcane trickster, mm-hmm. because the the whole cantrip is designed to allow you to use mage hand all the time and for all sorts of things. Yeah, um, and it's just it just emphasizes how much fun this is. You can do things like I appreciate that it specifically points out that you can pour out the contents of a vial, mm-hmm. which uh, heavily implies that you can use it to administer potions. Yeah. Um, you can, for example, uh, give a torch to the mage hand and have it carry the torch out in front of you, so you can be your own torch torchbearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about how useful that is with the light cantrip. Right. You can use these, uh, use the hand to uh, activate traps from a safe distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason that in old school D and D, you always entered the dungeon with a ten foot pole <laughs> so that you could poke things from a reasonable distance away, and Hopefully not have you know metal gates slam down on you or fire gush all over your character. Yeah. Uh, you can do something similar with Mage Hand and just sort of poke around the dungeon and try to try to see what happens. <laughs> you can turn a door that you suspect may be trapped from a safe distance away and just get to see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's so many ways you can just. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe it's almost more helpful to think about the limits to the spell rather than to try to imagine all the possible ways we could use it.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it's it's situational, but it's applicable to so many situations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If you're thinking hard, you can almost always find a way to make this useful. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of the drawbacks, I guess, yeah. to, to frame our conversation a little bit. Um it is verbal and somatic components so it is obvious that you're casting a spell yeah. uh unlike friends as we discussed previously you can't necessarily use this uh you know yeah. when you're surrounded by people and don't want to appear like you're casting a spell yeah. for,
1: as for you as a DM like how do you like I've been in your game enough to know that generally most spells you see as like they're not stealthy most spells someone's going to know you're casting a spell. So is it the verbal part of it? Or like if someone was trying to cast friends, for example, in front of someone else, because it's a somatics, uh, because it's somatic, would you like make them roll like a stealth check for that still? Or
0: like, how do you gauge when a spell is? Yeah, stealthy I aren't? think. Yeah. Different DMS will, will definitely have different takes on this, but the, the player's handbook specifies that you have to speak verbal components of spells loudly and clearly. Right. Uh, and so I don't necessarily allow players to like whisper something under their breath in order to cast a spell. Right. Maybe I would allow a, a character to like try to make a check of some kind to try to maybe weave verbal components into a conversation or um say something without being noticed. Maybe if there's like a lot of background noise, you're in a marketplace or something and, and that um, there, there may be situations. Um, but generally, if a spell has a verbal component, then people are going to know that you're casting a spell. Um, somatic components, I'm a little bit more lenient on. I like the idea of making a sleight of hand check to try to disguise your somatic components. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, maybe weaving it into like normal everyday sort of conversation or moving about or trying to like weave some hand signs under the table or something. Um, Those I feel like are a little bit more negotiable. And then the material component depends on the material component. If you're pulling out, you know, hundreds of gold worth of (laughs) diamonds, people will probably notice that. (laughs) But if you're, uh, you know, if your material component is, I think for invisibility it's like gum Arabic and an eyelash hair or something like that, like that's probably something you can disguise on your person not too without too much difficulty mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah i think that's so,
0: yeah fair. it sort of depends yeah. but to, to me the fact that mage hand has verbal components means that you're probably not going to be casting this mm-hmm. out in the open without people noticing that you're casting a spell yeah Um, but if you need to, you know, use the mage hand to grab the keys off the wall that are hanging on the other side of the room, uh, because you're locked up in a cell, maybe you just wait for the guard to leave the room and then cast it. You know, there, there are ways of, of making it work or get your friend to make a big noise and a (laughs) distraction. (laughs) Um, another downside of mage hand though, is that it is visible. It is a spectral floating hand that people can, can notice. In some
1: ways it's more obvious than like, especially if you're thinking about pickpocketing someone pickpocketing is like if you get close to someone and then steal or like pickpocket them versus like a floating hand going towards them if you're doing that in like a crowd someone's going to notice that
0: that's going to yeah that's going to stand out a little bit Um, certain uh, subclasses well the the arcane trickster subclass does allow you to make the hand invisible Uh, which is very handy if you'll excuse the pun (laughs) um, because you can overcome that downside Uh, and a bunch of other um, monsters in the Monster Manual to get Mage Hand uh, as a representation of like some psionic telekinesis, where they get an invisible hand. So like the, the Githyanki and the Githzerai have an invisible Mage Hand um, because it's basically telekinesis that they're using. Oh, interesting. So Githyanki or Githzerai characters uh, might be able to take advantage of that as well without having to do the Arcane Trickster dip
1: yeah that's a good way to get around that
0: yeah um the hand can't ever be more than 30 feet away from you so you can't move the hand too far and you also can't necessarily like walk away from the hand uh, without it fizzling out uh but that also can be useful if you like hold the hand you know over somebody and then walk away and have the hand you know disappear and drop the thing (laughs) um yeah can be kind of handy because you can trigger the hand dropping. Something. I handy I didn't. Yeah, you're, uh, you happen. can trigger <laughs> the hand dropping something just based on your movement because you can move thirty one feet away and the spell ends and the hand drops whatever it's holding. Yeah. Um, so rather than having to take an action to you know drop the vial of acid on somebody, you can just step away and let the hand disappear. Mm. so that is a downside but if you're creative you can also make it a useful trigger where you make stuff happen just based on your movement Mm
1: -hmm. yeah for sure uh i i think maybe one other limiting thing would be you're not picking locks like for anyone to pick a lock that's usually a two-handed activity so i'm with one hand spectral hand i'm not sure that you would be able to do that but i guess that would probably be whether your dm
0: allows it or not yeah so the the additional uh benefits that uh the arcane trickster gets uh starting at third level when you cast mage hand you can make the spectral hand invisible, and you can perform the following additional tasks with mm-hmm. it: you can stow one object the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature; mm-hmm. you can retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature; mm-hmm. you can use thieves' tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range. You can perform one of these tasks without being noticed by a creature if you succeed in a slight of oh, okay. hand check, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you can also use the cunning action granted by your—you uh, can also use a bonus action granted by cunning action to control the hand.
1: Okay, so that reading kind of confirms what I'm saying, I guess. Because if those yeah, are additional. So if you things...
0: assume that by specifying these are additional things, then that means these are things that you can't do ordinarily with Mage Hand. So no pickpocketing other people, um, no reverse pickpocketing <laughs> and putting things in other people's pockets, yeah. uh, and no uh, picking locks. The disarm traps thing is probably more negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to like, you right. know, use thieves tools to, to disarm a mechanical trap, then that's probably not something normal Mage Hand can right. do. Um, but depending on what the trap is, yeah. like, you know, if the trap is based on like a lever being moved into, you know, that's supporting some kind of elaborate mechanism. Mm-hmm. If your Mage Hand can just like pull the lever out of place and the whole thing falls apart, that's probably fine. Or
1: the, uh, or the classic water uh, on the door. When you just open yes, exactly. a door. Yes, exactly.
0: The classic water suspended over the door and you just use the Mage Hand to pull or the door bucket, open. Bucket or a bucket of acid move the water. over
1: the door, I guess, would be more reasonable. Yeah, a
0: bucket of acid would probably be more effective. So yeah, the then the other uh, limits of Mage Hand are given specifically at the end of the cantrip. The hand can't attack, mm-hmm. can't activate magic items, and it can't carry more than 10 pounds. Right. So that's a situation where maybe it's a, a little bit worth uh, tracking on your character sheet just like making a quick jot of how much some of your equipment weighs just so that you can get an idea of whether or not mage hand can carry it even if it's something as simple as just like a little asterisk next to the things that mage hand can't carry
1: yeah so this you're not really rescuing people
0: you're not wielding swords with this spell it's mostly just (laughs) unless your friends are very light (laughs) there is there is a hack that i have heard of uh wherein if you cast the reduce spell on yourself and you're like a gnome or a halfling and you already weigh, you know like 45 40 pounds um you cast the reduce spell and reduce your weight substantially you might be able to carry yourself with a (laughs) mage hand and just get yourself some free flight for as long as you concentrate on the reduce spell wow I think that would, that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. Just carrying yourself by the scruff of the neck or whatever with your own magic hand. That would be interesting. Um,
1: I was thinking if you cast. Yeah, like,
0: I'd love that. I wonder if you cast levitate, if you would allow
1: the hand to push you around.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. Uh, yeah. Levitate doesn't really specify like how much force it takes to move you. So yeah. Hmm. Good point. I know. Yeah, that's cool. I'd probably, I'd probably allow that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is something to keep in mind. Cool. Uh, Levitate's another one of those spells that I think is really neat, but I've never seen anybody take it. Right. So if if that's if that's what it takes to get somebody to cast levitate, then sure. And I think I think that's all we have to say. It's a handy spell. Oh. Give it give it a try. <laughs> that's my last yeah, one. I yeah, comment. for sure. Because <laughs> we're ending it right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're ending. The... We've reached our pun limit. We're ending the podcast. For for sure.
1: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode on the Cantrip Maychant. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify and join us next week for Mending. Thanks for listening.